Africa. This is Danger Close USA, angry, pissed off American podcast radio. And your host, your voice of reason during times of treason, the angry one, Jeff Kaufman. Welcome to my uh, two-bit, my two-bit low-production, low-budget resistance podcast. <laughs> As that was what was told to me the other day. It's a two, two-bit, low-budget podcast. It's a low. It's a shit show. No way, really. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Uh, I, I was just like, wow, thanks for the compliment, because apparently you didn't really listen to the show. It's okay if you don't. Yeah, but the guy was, you know, a MAGA supporter. I guess he tuned into my show, and he um, he had to touch base with me to let me know that it was a two-bit, low-budget shit show while I'm commuting and I have no professionalism whatsoever and I said well I'll be damned someone who agrees with me wow yeah so uh, god I, I, don't, I don't think he gets it I don't care there's like you didn't cause me any pains, buddy. You know, you didn't, you didn't upset me at all, buddy. This means nothing to me. Insult me about my show. I, I know it's a two-bit, low-budget, <laughs> madman show. Oh, he, he was that. Oh, you're so unprofessional. Am I really? Oh, Lord. So... As everybody in the world is very well aware of, I think probably even the Queen of England knows this, Donald Trump doesn't pay his taxes. Of course, you know, you can't, you can't imagine how many of us out there were like, I bet he doesn't pay his taxes. I mean, it's just, it just solidifies kind of what we all knew all along. He's a scoundrel. He's a two-bit, low-budget president. (laughs) But I'm like, you know, golly, like, we didn't see this coming, folks. This was not a shocker. I'm shocked he paid $750 in freaking taxes. Oh, wow. And, you know, you can't beat, you can't beat the after effects of such news breaking. You You can't beat it. It's like a tidal wave of... Oh shit, what do we do? You got Mark Levin out there self-contradicting himself. Contradicting himself. It was almost comical. He's like, it's fake news. Well, it's, it might not be fake news, but it sure is illegal how they got their hands on his tax returns. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. He's like, oh, it's fake news. It's just... 
That's how the Democratic Party works. They just put out fake news. They don't even, well, hold on a second. Well, it's not fake necessarily as much as it's illegal. Oh. So, you know, they went into hyperdrive. Every fucking propagandist. The whole fucking Fox News Network came on TV. They're all like fucking calling in. Bring in the mattresses. We need mattresses. Everybody here. We're going overtime. Sorry about your plans, Bob. No vacation. The president really fucked up this time. Everybody back to the office. Get them on Skype. They went fucking ballistic. Holy shit. They're all on there. Well, yeah, that's how I do my taxes, Billy. I know, I know, me too. It's just unbelievable these Democrats pointing out the president cheats on his taxes. We all cheat on our taxes. And his base applauds him. That's just that's just another freaking nut on the freaking fruitcake pile of freaking nuts. What I mean, what do you what do you expect? He was he was telling you the truth when he said I could walk out on Fifth Avenue, blow someone's fucking head off, and I wouldn't lose one follower. Well, he's pretty much walked out in the middle of Fifth Avenue, blew the Statue of Liberty's head off, Liberty's head off, and they're all just going, "Ha, oh, we're patriots." Protect the president at all costs. I just couldn't believe it. it. When it hit Facebook, I was online. And all of a sudden, there's all this shit popping up about the taxes, the taxes, the taxes. Mark Levin, Hannity, Glenn Beck, they're all poking with the trident at the facts. And they're just, you know, trying to home in on how they're going to fight this one. And, and if you watched, it was amazing because they contradicted themselves. One minute, like I said, Levin's out there. It's fake news. Fake news. You know, it's all fake news, folks. Well, it may not be fake, but it's illegal. Well, it may not be illegal, but by God, it's so unfair to the president. All the great things he does for this country. And these people are just focused on that. But I mean, that's that's pretty much the truth. Well, it is the truth. There was like no tangible means whatsoever for them to actually defend him. You know, with actual a rebuttal that made sense. You know, common logic. You know, just common logic. Just the simplest rudimentary logic. Would would dictate, okay, if you didn't cheat on your taxes, if you are all this and that in a, in a bag of chips, how about you just actually release your taxes? Oh, no, 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 can't do that. No, no, I'll audit. I'm in under audit. I can't do it. Sorry, I'm under audit. The fucking IRS came out and said, well, you, you can still release your taxes if you want to. And just because they're under audit doesn't mean that nobody can look at them. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want anybody looking at my taxes. I mean... The guy promised his base he'd release his taxes. It's a shame that it took the New York Times to do it for him, but, I mean, I don't know why he's upset. He promised he was going to release his taxes. I don't know why Mark Levin's calling illegal. The president said he would release his taxes. He promised. He made that promise. So now that his taxes are released, maybe not by his means, it's, it's, uh, it's an uproar. 
what, what, what the fuck do you care? You're president of the United States. You promised you were going to release your taxes. Fortunately, it, it took a reporter to do it for you. Why are you so mad, bro? But that's really, I mean, that's really what it boils down to. He promised his base he would release his taxes. And now that they're released, it's illegal and bad and holy shit. Well, it's because it is illegal and bad. Holy shit. His taxes are are, are ripe with fraud. I mean, it's a shame that his base is just hell, man. They don't care. They do not care. They just do not care. They do not care what he does wrong. They do not care that anything. They got this belief in their head that, you know, he's the anti-globalist. The only American that's doing the right thing for this country and all this crap. And it's getting to the point where the only ones left are the real psychotic motherfuckers that are supporting him. I mean, his base has dwindled. What's left is the diehards and the psychotics. I saw a lady on Twitter had posted something, and it was a really dark meme. But he's like, you know what's standing in your way between them getting you? Me. And it's a picture of Donald Trump sitting in some chair, pointing at the camera. And it's it's what they're implying is that the enemy of the country, Americans, you know, the, the, the Americans that he he's divided, you know, the Americans on the other side of the fence and the great divide that he's created are now the enemy of the people. And it's just, it's psychotic. It really is. It's purely just psychotic all around. It's insane. And then, uh, you know, I've been reading posts from the extreme right the last couple days, paying careful attention to what they're muttering. You know, I'm on a pro-Trump Facebook page, and they're like, I wonder what they would think if we started rioting, because we don't riot like they riot. We're going to kill people. I mean, this is what this fucking guy was saying. Of course, I, I make sure to share, copy links and stuff and turn it into the FBI. And it's not on my actual Facebook account. So, <clears throat> I do a little undercover. <clears throat> little undercover Facebook work. Fucking moron. I hate people. God. People can't drive. Afraid to drive, don't know how to drive. Who knows? Yeah, I should have went the other way. Anyways, this is Danger Close, USA, Angry Pissed Off American Podcast Radio, your voice of reason during times of treason. I'll be right back.
second interview, or third interview, sorry, third. <clears throat> Hopefully, this interview goes well, one would hope. We'll see what happens. Hopefully this interview goes well and we'll see what happens. Wrong lane. hope that there's a lot of Trump supporters out there right now that are changing their mind. This is the most disgraceful president in the history of the United States of America. I don't, I don't know what else to say. I, I, I don't have the words for it. But there will always be Trump supporters that no matter what happens, no matter what they find out, learn, or anything else, we'll just say it's fake news and move on. They don't care. It's, the media is out to get Trump. The media is unfair. It's, it's well beyond that. It's not the media anymore. It's never been the media, really. I mean, I'll admit there's some bias there. But, you know, I can watch CNET or C-SPAN, whatever... I can tune on C-SPAN and catch the president at any time and make my decision about what kind of man he is right there. I don't need a narrator. I don't need a, a talk show host to tell me what it is about Donald Trump that's wrong. It's everything. It's who he is, his persona, his character. It's almost like they just wish reality would go away. I don't need CNN or Fox News or NBC, NBC, whatever, all that shit, MSNBC and all that. I don't need it. Like I said, just, just watching him talk, just watching him at a rally, just listening to him talk, and that's, that's all anybody really needs to make a decision about what kind of man Donald Trump really is. You don't, you don't need a narrator. 
You just need a conscience. And I really think that's where a lot of this fails on these people. I, I, I don't think they're, I don't think they're capable of conscious reasoning. I'm being honest. I really think these diehard Trump supporters are just chemically imbalanced or something. I don't get it. But we're patriots. Well, you know, not really. If you're supporting that guy, you're not really a patriot. You're more or less part of the problem. And the problem is America does not need to be divided. We don't need armed militia groups walking down the, the heart of Louisville, Kentucky, chanting white power, armed to the teeth with AR-15s. We don't need that in this country. That's that's not America. But they've been so empowered and perhaps even feel like they're anointed by God, whatever, however they dream these fantasies up, it's dangerous, man. It's just blatantly dangerous. So, there will be a link in the episode details of this podcast for a GoFundMe account that I had set up for me and my family while we go through these hard times. I'm hoping that one of you listeners that might actually made it this far might find that link and make a donation to help me and my family during these hard times. Um, You might not know, I caught... COVID and battled it for a number of weeks, lost a lot of work, work is uh, no longer with me, they decided that they weren't going to help me with unemployment, so now I have to fight them on that, which is unfortunate, but, you know, I didn't catch it anywhere else in the documented cases at their, you know, at their facility, so I'm not worried about it. Um, Anybody that wants to help out there will be a link there to a GoFundMe and hopefully you don't mind pitching in pretty pathetic that an American like me has to go through this but the owners of this business happen to be MAGA supporters Trump supporters and it only fits reason to believe that that's the way they are that's the way they are They didn't give a shit that my family caught COVID. They don't give a shit that we were all sick. They don't give a shit that I was missing work. Um, They obviously just didn't give a shit. I mean, just be honest. They didn't give a shit. And now my family's struggling, and I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked by it at all. I mean, this is the persona, the attitude. I mean, this is why these people support him. They share something in common with Donald Trump, and that's, you know, us before anybody else. And it's a shame. And I, I wish the company a lot of luck because I actually liked working there. I, the work wasn't the greatest thing in the world, but I did like some of the people I worked with. But it is what it is. They want to play games, and I wasn't in the mood to play games.
How are you? I got a math test to take. Okay, <laughs> Have a great day, man. <laughs> math test and interview. All right. This place is desolate. It's like nobody here. This place is usually packed full of people. Well, here goes nothing. Hopefully this interview and math test goes great for me. This is what I need. Just be flawless. So wish me luck. I'll be right back. I'm gonna go spend a little bit of time at a job interview. And I'd really like to work here. This place is diverse. I was just here the other day and I was just kind of watching employees coming in and out and I realized, wow, a majority of these people are of all different ethnicities. I'm so used to working around just one type of ethnicity, and that's white folk here. And it's unfortunate that it's not more common elsewhere, but I am, uh, I'm fine with it. And so I'm looking for a parking spot, of course. It's raining, so everybody's parked close to the place. That makes sense. I should have used my logic and not parked there. My transmission just popped, so that's good. That's what we need right now, my transmission to go out. That'd be great, great. Just like a wonderful, that's what we need. Uh, there's parking spots over here. Oh, I missed one. Damn it, I should have went there. Damn it on the hill. We gotta walk a ways. That's okay. I ain't worried. I'm a healthy young man. I can walk an eighth of a mile in the rain. Wish me luck, America. I need this. I need this bad. My family needs this bad. So, um, from the slightest little tap on the butt saying, hey, good luck. Go get it, buddy. That means a lot to me. So, when I come back, I'll let you know how it went. Hopefully, I don't suck. This is Danger Close, USA, Angry Pissed Off American Podcast Radio. Your host, Jeff Kaufman. I'll be right back. Uh, get in the hole. All right. <clears throat> I took a math test. Passed it. On the first try... I was missing two answers. And what was funny, on the second try, this lady came in the room where I was taking the test. The lady came in the room and she was just talking nonstop on the phone with her boyfriend and she's married. So anyways, I figured that out because she's talking about her husband and and then I'm talking about how much she misses this guy and I'm sitting there thinking, great, I'm listening to someone talking to their their cheating other half or whatever and you know regardless i'm trying to take a test and she's sitting there blah, 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 blah. i mean just as fucking loud and obnoxious as you can and this was my second try and i actually got all the answers done and got all the answers right it was just funny because the first time she sat me down to take the test it was quiet and i don't know what it was and i i just couldn't get the last two questions 
on the second try, I have someone barking in my ear and it's pressure and I've got five minutes to do these answers and I pass. So I obviously work better under, under stress. <laughs> I mean, cause I'm like, Oh my God, will you please shut up? <laughs> I don't want to hear about you cheating on your husband. Why are you talking about this shit in front of me? I'm sitting there thinking this shit as I'm trying to do my math. And it actually helped me. Because <laughs> I just like, I don't know. It's the, uh, the other half of my brain was like thinking for itself and not fucking with me with math. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, it was like kept something in my brain preoccupied. It was like, she's fucking cheating on her husband. Oh, that's a six. Carry the one. Okay, so... <laughs> uh, <laughs> you had to be there. So I'm looking forward um, to going home and telling my wife that I actually passed the math test. I'm not a moron after all. It, was, it wasn't It was hard. It was rudimentary math. It was just... You got five minutes to do 20 questions, and some of them are just written a little weird, and you have to... You know, but I got them all. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Thank God. I was like so freaked out. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to pass this test. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. I didn't fail. I want to do security work. And I'm trying to get a security job. And I really want to do it because I think I'd be really good at it. Um, I'm very analytical. I'm very I'm pay attention to a detail type of guy. I'm very, you know, well, my wife says I'm really smart. My kids say, I don't know. I'm a wealth of knowledge and I'm a big guy. You know, I'm kind of in shape and, you know, healthy and, and uh, intimidating. Not purposefully, just I don't ver- I don't look very approachable, as I've been told numerous times. I would not make a good salesman. I'd make a great security guard. And it's true. When I was younger, I bounced at a couple strip clubs when I was younger, and I guess I do have that intimidating look because I'm I'm very quiet, um, reserved. I think that has a lot to do with the uh, Cherokee blood in me. I don't have a lot, but I've I've got enough where. I think that my personality is sometimes subjected to the very quiet demeanor of, of a lot of uh, the native Indians, because a lot of them are very quiet, but, you know, they talk, but they're, it's just a very different uh, personality trait. I'm not like most people. I'm not, I'm not someone that, you know, uh, to run out and try to make friends with people. I, I'm not a social butterfly. Um, I'm very just quiet and reserved, and uh, I've always been that way. So, you know, I, I think that has something to do with my personality because, you know, my mom was, was Cherokee. My, my dad was a Native American. Don't know what, but he, was, he, he had his DNA. And my mom had her DNA done in her. So I'm like one sixteenth or something. Or maybe a, a little more than that. Oh, so on my mother's side, my great-great-grandfather was married to a Cherokee woman. And on my father's side, my great-great-grandmother, or no, yeah, my great-great-grandmother uh, was with a, was married to a, a Cherokee man, or a Native American. I, we don't know what which one. And he was about a half uh, Native American. So we know that much, at least, on my father's side and that much on my mother's side. So I might have something to do with my personality. Why well, I'm very short uh, when I discuss things with people, and I'm very precise about what I have to say. Um, I keep things to a certain level as far as how I approach a conversation. I'm not uh, someone that's 
belittling or um, demeaning or I try, you know, I, I have great leadership skills. I've been told this a uh, hundred times. I have great leadership skills. And it's shown in everything I've ever done in my life. And I always lead by example. I always try to teach people, even if it's the most mediocre, smallest thing, something that might help them, a trick of the trade, whatever. I'm talking about the culinary world. And I'm very quick to get people to to respond and, and react. And, and I'm just good at what I do. Just good at what I do, um, no matter what it is. It's not just the culinary world, everything I've, I've ever done. I'm, I'm, I'm very... Um, straightforward. I, I love to teach people. If someone has a question, I have I, I have all the time in the world to help them. Type type of personality. Always been that way. Um, so you know, I always thought, and my wife said, you know, security would be good for you because of the way you are about your family, the way you are about protecting us. She goes, you know, that would not it would not surprise me if if you were to do really well at security because of the way you are. About protecting your family and I thought about it and I'm like you know you're right because you know I'm a hover I hover around I, I make sure everybody's safe and uh, I, and I've always had that very um, analytical mind where uh, I don't know I just I'm just I think I'd be I'm not saying it because I'm you know some kind of boast of masculinity I'm just saying that you know I think I'd be very good at something I already do and I've always been that way, even you know before I had a family. I, I remember when I was young, I became assistant manager of a Texaco Dairy Queen conglomerate gas station. And I became assistant manager at like 17. And the reason why, according to the guy, Ed, who was the manager over all the facilities, he said I had a very, um, you know, like, I didn't just walk into work. I treated work like it was an extension of, you know, my, my personality. Like I was part owner, even though I didn't, I wasn't part owner. Um, and that's what he said. He said, you act like you own this place and that's why I'm doing this. I'm promoting you to assistant manager. You, you know, you're very, you watch over people. You make sure people aren't stealing. You're always, you know, doing your job and then some, and he said, you know, this is why I'm, I'm doing it because I, I need someone like you that's, you know, making sure customers aren't stealing alcohol because we had that happen a few times. You know, and I was always just really good at, at that. Really good at that. And uh, my wife's just been, like, nagging me. You should try going for security. You'd, you'd be good at it. So that's what I'm going for. Hopefully I get in. Uh, hopefully, um, hopefully I get a phone call or something from them soon and they're like yeah come on in because I really 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 want to do it I think I'd be good at it I think I'd be badass at it I think they would benefit from having me and benefit from learning the, the, the job and and plus it's not working what I was doing which was working under heavy equipment very poorly maintained heavy equipment extremely poorly maintained heavy equipment um, you know with something that could weigh 1,800 pounds hanging over my head, you know, 900 pounds hanging over my head, and faulty cables that nobody cares to fucking replace, and I, I did not like well drilling, I didn't like the danger, you know, I've seen some of the newest, more newer 
well drilling rigs and I thought if they bought one of those I'd be I'd be fine I love I love what I'm doing but because they just couldn't take care of their shit and it was so dangerous plus the way they treated me after catching COVID I said you know I don't need this anymore I, I, I the danger of the job itself is not worth working for someone who doesn't give a shit about your family I mean, I didn't expect them to call me out, but you know, it would have been cool if they called me up and said, Hey, we know you worked the two, three days for free while we were building our office because they wanted people to work for free because their office burnt down. And, you know, I went in three times and I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. I don't work for free for nobody. I, I appreciate, you know, what they were doing, you know, the whole nine yards. <laughs> don't get me wrong. <clears throat> I appreciate what, you know, they did for me. And I tried to return the favor and work for free for three days. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting here one day and I'm like, I'm not getting up on a Saturday, getting dressed and running out the door to go work for people that don't, that don't even reciprocate. Um, you know, when I first started working for them, our minivan broke down. And when our minivan broke down, they were very quick to loan me a vehicle, which I was very, you know, grateful for. But, you know, unlike most of the employees there, I never once... And they have their own uh, fuel tanks at the shop. I never once, not even once, tried to use their fuel to fuel the truck that they let me borrow for a month and a half while we were saving money trying to get a new car. And I was very grateful for it, but I made the point of telling them that, you know, I'm not going to be like everybody else when you loan them a car and just keep filling up at the same tank. I'm going to use my own money just, just to show that I'm being respectful and give a damn that they're loaning me a truck for, you know, however long I needed. And I drove that thing and never did any damage to it, nothing. Um, another guy that worked there borrowed the truck one day to go do a job and racked up the front bumper and broke a lens on the on the uh, light. And it was two guys, uh, Alan and Josh. Well, I'll just use their first names. It doesn't hurt. Alan and Josh went out to a job and, and wrecked the fucking truck against a tree. So... They don't bother to tell anybody. And as time went on, I think that somebody thought that it was me. And I was pretty, you know, I thought that everybody was well aware. And I remember going in the shop one day and somebody asked me, uh, Rod, this guy that I worked with, and he goes, what'd you do to that truck? And I'm like, I do nothing to that truck. Oh, look at that bumper out there. And I'm like, dude, I didn't do that. Oh, yeah, well, who did and I looked over at Josh and Alan. I'm like, hey, uh, you guys might want to speak up now. It might be a good, it might be a good idea. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So, you know, I got a new car. I had to borrow the truck one more time for a day because I had to take it to the shop to get it, to get it worked on. And since then I never had to, I never asked. And I didn't, you know, I asked, but they were very quick to offer, you know? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. But then I was like, you know, how am I going to get the fucking work? And the minivan blew a gasket, so we haven't got that fixed yet. So it sucks, you know. And I was very grateful for that. But I made a point that I would never use their fuel as long as I was borrowing their truck and going back and forth to home and, and work to fuel the truck. <clears throat> and there was one day we had fueled the truck to take to a job. And we ended up not using that truck for the day. And... I had two full tanks of gas because that's what the guy I worked with told me to do. We had to borrow the truck that I normally drove. He's like, we need this truck to be able to, you know, blah, 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 go fuel it up. So I said, all right. And I fueled it up that day and we ended up not using that truck. And the truck that we were going to use came back from the shop. So 
there was one time where I drove around for maybe about a week uh, driving that truck with their fuel in it. And I made a point of telling them, too, look, you know, I, and they're like, oh, don't worry about it, you know. And I'm like, well, I just want to let you know I didn't fuel it up to take it. I, we fueled it up because we were going to drive it. And then they're like, oh, don't worry about it, you know. So, but still, I made, a, I made a pack with myself that I wouldn't be like the rest of the guys that they loaned trucks to, drove from weeks to months on end, fueling it up at the shop. I wasn't going to do that, you know. I was grateful. So... I'm, I'm glad I'm away from that right now. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm away from that environment. I'm glad I'm away from all the... There were all Trump supporters. You know, there's uh, many uh, chat or text chats or whatever, you know, group chats where racial slurs were dropped. And I just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. Again, I'm going to have to bite my tongue to make ends meet in this fucking county. Because there's so much racism here, it's disturbing. But they dropped little racial slurs and stuff. And, and I was just like, I'm done, you know. I don't need that shit. I don't need to be around like that. I'd rather work with a very diverse group of people with different ethnicities, Native Americans and whatnot and everything else underneath the sun and have a good day doing that than working with a bunch of white people that hate everybody that's not white. And that's exactly what I was dealing with. And it's sad because that's the third job I've had where racism just basically just drove me out, man. I don't, I don't have any time for it. I don't have the patience for it. I got to feed my family, so yeah, I might bite my tongue. But at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm, I'm a disgusted individual, and I'm only doing this because I got to feed my family, and I would have quit a long time ago if I was financially secure enough to be able to do it. I would have said, fuck you, racist. I'm out of here. Go to hell. Trump sucks, and I'm, and I'm done. But you can't do that here. Well, you could. If, if I was financially secure enough and I didn't have to worry about what pot I was going to piss in next... I would have been happily just told them to go fuck themselves when I found out that everybody I worked with was a fucking bunch of racist twats. I just don't put up with that shit. I believe in God. I don't think God wants me to hate a different race. Of course, they don't see things that way here. You know, I'm... I'm proud of myself. I am. I'm proud of myself and the the family I'm raising and the children that I have, you know, compared to the people and their kids that I've met here. Um, There's so much racism here. I mean, they teach it at home. I I, I can tell you a story of at the time, I think she was 10 years old. She came home one day and asked me, um, am I allowed to, am I allowed to date different skin color? She asked me this. She goes, am I allowed to date different, different skin colors? I said, sweetheart, you can date whoever the hell you want. And she goes, well, my friends at school said that I can't date black people. She goes, I'm not allowed to date black boys. I said, well, what? You know? And she said, yeah. She goes, it goes against God's wishes. She goes, that's what I was told. I said, by who? She goes, so-and-so's kid and so-and-so's kid and so-and-so's kid. And I'm like, all right, have a seat, daughter. Let's have a conversation. What they're being taught at home is called racism. What I teach you at home is called love. If you fall in love with someone, you fall in love with someone. I don't care what their skin color is. I don't care what their origins are, what their ethnicity is, or what their religious choice. 
if there's love there, I will back you up 100% and stand behind you no matter who they are, no matter where they're from, no matter who they call God, no matter what pigmentation they have of skin. And that's exactly what I told her. And I said, your friends are being taught racism. That's not tolerated in this house. I won't tolerate it in this house. I'll never tolerate it in this house. If you fall in love with a black boy or an Asian kid or a mix or whatever, I don't care. If it's love, I've got your back. That's all that matters to me. So you're happy. It does not matter to me how you're happy or who you're happy with. I want you to be happy. I want you to be a happy young lady. So if one day you come to me and say, Dad, I want you to be my boyfriend, and you walk in this house with, you know, a pygmy Indian from freaking South America named... I'm cool with it. I don't care as long as you love each other. I wasn't racist or anything. I mean, you know, love is love. Lust is lust. But if you love somebody and you actually care for them and, and they're in your heart... Why does skin color matter? And they teach those kids at her school exactly that. The opposite. That God does not want them to mix. That it's against God's rules for a white girl to date a black guy. It's, 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 it's what's taught here. I'm thinking about starting a GoFundMe called Move Me the Fuck Out of the Red States. <laughs> I mean, it might it might draw some attention. I might be able to get some of these uh, these Trump supporters to actually donate to a worthy cause for one instead of the fucking wall. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. I'm thinking about it. Don't don't tempt me. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> Hi, I'm a blue dot in a red state. Help, move me the hell out of here. <laughs> hey, you never know. I could probably put a million dollars down and raise it in like two weeks. I'm sure a lot of Trump supporters be like, hell yeah, I'll donate $200 of that shit. Get that son of a bitch out of North Carolina. <laughs> but I'm excited. I passed my mask. My tongue's swollen. I've had a, I've had a little bit of a, a tooth infection. and I don't know what's up with it, but it hurts. So I've been kind of like... like tongues like for poking and prodding at the tooth plus I ate a clove of garlic last night to help with the infection to garlic it burnt my I felt like I was gonna throw up it was so strong my tongue felt like it was on fire my whole mouth was burning and my stomach was going what the hell did you just do oh god you rather eat, I'd rather you eat cat shit than eat a piece of garlic what the fuck's wrong with you get this uh, <coughs> I get this feeling <coughs> sorry excuse me <coughs> I need a drink <coughs> what the hell oh that's better I know it's dry in here I turned the heat on because my windows were fogging up my car started to look like it was like a teenager's freaking night out behind the trees there type thing the whole, all my windows were all fogged up I couldn't see out of them and now I got hot hot air going down my throat and it's like, ugh. 
So hopefully everything went great for me. Hopefully I, I get this job and hopefully all this shit's behind me and I'll be doing something new and something different and something I might actually enjoy. And so, and hopefully I'm making good money doing it and I prove myself and shine and all that stuff that this could be a new career for me. I would love to do this for a living. I don't know much about security work. I don't. But I know what kind of guy I am, and, and this, would, this would be very appealing to me, and I think I would do well. And that's that. And they need a guy like me, apparently, because when I was in there the other day, um, going for a different uh, an interview, actually, I was standing there at their security desk getting clearance so I could go on to go do my interview and go into another part of the facility. And I guess they had an altercation happen at the casino, and they were on their walkie-talkies and all that shit. And this guy uh, dressed up in a, you know, a, a tweed suit, tight, you know, you know, the security look, you know, the, the suit and tie, and you know, they look like they could bounce you out of a building. Comes walking up to the security desk, and he sees me, and um, the lady was talking to me behind the desk, and uh, he said, well, he said, what is he here for? She said, uh, he's got an interview. He goes, security? And I'm like, no. And he goes, we're really short. He said, well, why don't you apply for security? You look like the type that you probably feel, you know, he's like going on. I'm like, well, okay. Uh, uh, okay. Okay. So that's what I did. And when I said something to my wife about it, she's like, you know, you'd be really good at that. I'm like, okay. You're probably right. I probably would be really good at it. Because I am that, that kind of guy, you know. Anyways. I appreciate you tuning into my show. I, I really do. If you tune in and you're one of my... 20 subscribers I really appreciate your time I really appreciate you being here I know my show isn't like extraordinary One day hopefully maybe I'll get syndicated And I can do this for a living I would love to talk for a living I've got that voice I've been told I've been told So If you're tuning in for the first time Thank you I hope you tune in again um, Browse through I've got like 200 some freaking podcasts I've been doing this for a while Never really gained any traction So you know Browse through There's plenty that'll, You know Go all the way to my first one It's not that bad um, and also, like I said, there'll be a GoFundMe link um, applied to this episode. So if you would like to donate to my family, it would be uh, it would mean a whole lot to me and my family. I'm not a scam job. I'm not a con artist. I'm a hardworking blue collar American. Um, I've got a family of seven. That's including myself. Um, all the information can be found. You can visit me at, on Twitter. Uh, danger close, all one word, underscore USA. That's danger close, all one word, underscore USA. Danger close, underscore USA. You can find me on Twitter if you'd like to talk to me, get to know me, send me a DM, friend me, follow me, whatever. Um, but please, if you can donate, please do. If you can't donate, please share the link. Please take a moment out of your time. I know, I know the days are long and, and boring for a lot of people. Um, but you know, if you could take a moment out of your time and just share that link for my GoFundMe on your favorite social media, that would help tremendously. Um, I'm just a hardworking man, caught COVID. My whole family caught COVID. We fought it, we beat it. And now we're behind and the company I work for refuses to help me with unemployment. So that's bullshit. I don't know why they're doing it. I don't have a re they don't have a really good reason. I'm the, probably the hardest worker they ever had there, whether they admit to it or not. Um, I constantly did a good job. Um, I can't help catching COVID from a fellow employee. Um, they're aware that he had it. Why they don't want to help me and my family, I don't know. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that 
I lost communication with them because we could not afford my cell phone bill. Um, near the middle of this, we had to make some fast yawn, you know, we had to make some choices. What were we going to pay? My my phone bill or the electric bill? Um, part of our rent or my electric bill or my phone bill? Um, so the phone went for two weeks. And I wrote them emails but didn't get a reply. So when I went back to work, I walked right into the into the boss's office and uh, I was cordial. And I said, I appreciate keeping the door open for me. I said, I, you know, I said, I, I wish I could have recovered faster, you know, and I was honest with him. And, um, you know, he was like, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And I'm, I, you know, struck up the conversation and I'm hoping that, he, you know, he'll ask about my family or, you know, how is your three-year-old doing? I heard she had it really bad. Nothing, nothing. And I, my reason for walking into his office, since he's the owner, the proprietor, the guy, the main guy, the, the main squeeze, I thought if I walk in there and at least he says something engaging to me about my family and the concern I had, then I was working for the right guy. And when I walked in his office, he had the opportunity and he failed. This is him. How may I help you? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I caught COVID. Um, we were very sick. My whole family was very sick. Um, I only went back to work maybe about two weeks ago. Yes, ma'am. And there you go. I don't know if you heard all that or not. But, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> like I said, if you'd like to donate, that'd be great. Um, I'd be really appreciative. And I'd love you a long time. $5. Make you holla. 
Um, no, but really, um, I'll have the link for the GoFundMe on this episode's description. And please, if you can donate, great. If not, please share the link. Um, we're a good family. We're good people. It's just hell right now. And I made the mistake of taking a job working for a wannabe Christian Trump supporter. And I say that because that's what they are. I know Christians. I worked with a Christian um, for years when I was a kid named Dennis Popa. And uh, he was a really good Christian man. And I have a lot of respect for him and his family. And I guarantee you, if the same thing happened that happened to me working for this company, but it happened working for him, I would have never had to pick up that phone. He would have been to my house. He would have gave a shit. He would have, he would have helped my family. And I would have never had to worry about anything because he's an actual Christian. When you have people like this, they're not Christians. That guy, Mr. Popa, was probably the, one of the best influences of my life. Um, how to treat people, how to, how to help people when you can and when you can't. Um, but this guy, I'm not going to say his name, but, uh, you know, when you have an employee that worked as hard as I did for you, whether or not that I was willing to spend my, my weekends working for free shouldn't have mattered. It matters when I'm on your clock, I'm actually doing honest work and I'm earning every dime that I get from you. And when you sign that check, you know you're actually paying for someone's hard work and not someone who just fucked around to get that check. And I hate to tell the guy, but about 75% of the employed family are those type of people that do not give a shit. They don't. And But that's the difference between a good Christian and a bad Christian. A good Christian would notice that your son-in-law, your son-in-law was racking all these hours up um, by just simply going home and leaving his time clock on, you know, hello, wake up. You send these people down to Atlanta to do a job with no supervision. That's the kind of shit you're getting. And unfortunately now he's married to your daughter. Have a great day. This is danger close USA angry, pissed off American podcast radio. Again, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you tuning in. If you can donate great. If not, I understand. Please share on your social media. Let's go see the family. Hi. How'd you do? I passed. Yay! I knew you would. <laughs> Kill them. All right. Thank you. So, are you a security? Uh, they'll let me know. Okay. Yeah, 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 have kisses? Look at that. Have a kiss. Baby. Have a kiss. Mommy. Give daddy a kiss. Mm. Baby. Okay, mommy. she's showing you the baby. Oh, baby mommies. Yes. Baby. Yes. You did good. Baby. <laughs> All right. Hello, you guys. Love you too, honey.